Well, good morning, everybody. I feel like I need to just get this out of the way. Can you believe it's 2023? Man, time flies when you're having fun. Christmas was here, and now we're planning our summer programs. So uh, buckle up if you want to register for a camp. No, I'm kidding. It just is crazy like that. And, and um, you know, it, it is. And I, I feel like every year after 2020 is a bonus, right? Like the further those numbers stack against 2020, it's a great thing. And it's great to be in here in 2023. And, and um, I have some things I want to share with you. I know we have our kids with us. If you're a, a kid, why don't you just raise your hand up high? Come on, kids. We're happy that's a family Sunday. Yes, that every time the same adults raise their hand. I love it. Well, we're happy that you guys are here. And, um, and this morning, we just have a special time together. I'm glad you all showed up. That's pretty cool, you know. Christmas and New Year's, they, they said that no one would come, but you came because you're faithful and true. Um, but this morning, we do have a, a shorter service, and, and I have uh, just a few words to share with you from God's Word, but something that I really felt the Lord put on my heart, so I'm excited to share that. But before I do, um, we have the opportunity to hear a testimony this morning. And Linda, would you, would you come? And um, the Lord's done some awesome things in her life, and I, I asked her to come and, and just share. So would you welcome um, Linda? Thanks so much, Danny. I can't think of a better way to start 2023 than testifying to God's greatness and what he's done. Um, he's an amazing God. And it's true, as we sang those words, Jesus, he's all we need, you know, just like a soothing balm, isn't he? Um, many of you know us from years ago. Um, my husband and I attended what was Zion Christian Center many years ago, got married here in 1997 by Pastor John, Yeah. And then we went to a different church for a while with our kids when they were young. And in the last six months, God was nudging our hearts um, that we needed to come back. And so when you, we, were, we have to be obedient when God does that. And so um, we've been back here for the last few months, and it just feels like coming home, to be honest with you. So um, little did we know kind of what was on the horizon for us, but um, we pl- I plugged into the women's Bible study, the Elijah Bible study. A lot of you women were involved in that. It was a beautiful, blessed time of studying God's Word together. And I had already missed half of it, but that's okay. I thought, I'll just plug in and learned about um, the adversity that Elijah went and how God used him through that adversity and how he was able to testify God's greatness and how God built his character. And um, I didn't know what, what God had in store for me, but I had been having some post-menopausal irregularities in my health and decided it was probably time to go to the doctor and, and check it out. And and she ran me through some tests and whatnot. And um, after a couple of weeks, they did a biopsy of my uterus, and it came back positive for cancer. And they called me at work. And uh, I, nobody likes to hear those words. I couldn't ever imagine hearing those myself. And yes, quite shocked. But the amazing thing when I put down the phone was I felt this incredible peace. I thought, you know, God knew this before me. He's got me in the palm of his hand. So whatever he's got in store for me, well, I'm with it. You know, I'm going to just trust him. So um, many of you may know the name Joel Osteen, but his mother, Dodie, was diagnosed with terminal liver cancer over 40 years ago. And a doctor said, you know, we can treat you, but it'll extend your life maybe just a few weeks. And she said, you know what? 
I'm going to live in faith. I know what God's promises are for me. And no, he doesn't always heal the way we want him to. But she said, I'm going to live by his promises. And so she took all those scriptures in the word of God that pertain to healing. She'd read them many times before, but she put them all in one document. And the, the scriptures she read on a daily basis, multiple times a day, until they became ingrained in her, in her mind, in her heart, in her spirit. Every cell of her being, she believed those promises were for her. Well, 40 years later, Dodie is still here with us, and she testifies to God's miraculous healing. And well, I've given those scriptures to many people over the years when they've gone through challenges, and I thought, well, Lord, my turn. So I printed those scriptures out, and I started doing the same thing. I started reading them over and over again every day and just letting them permeate, you know, my, my spirit. And I just, I want to just read you a couple because if I was alone, I would read them out loud. And you know how when you read scripture out loud, I don't know if any of you guys experience this, but there's something about reading it out loud that it just grabs you. And so I'd get to the second page and I'd, Psalm 91, 16, with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Psalm 103, 3, praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Psalm 103.3, praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. I just said that one, sorry. Psalm 107.20, he sent forth his word and healed them. He rescued them from the grave. And this one, Psalm 118.17, I will not die but live, and I will proclaim what the Lord has done. And then Isaiah 53.4 and 5, you all know this one. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. And I just kept saying that over and over again. I didn't know what God had in store, but I was scheduled to have surgery on December 8th, the full hysterectomy. And that Sunday before, Danny said, if any of you are experiencing things that you need prayer for, healing, please stand on your feet. We want to pray with you. And so many of you wonderful prayer warriors laid hands on me that Sunday before. And I felt such strength and peace when I went into that surgery, knowing that I had all these wonderful army of prayer warriors behind me. God is so good. We prayed for no complications during the surgery. It went easily. It went well, no complications. I went home within a few hours of the surgery. It was done robotically, which is so much less invasive than it used to be. Went home, and the next day was able to attend my daughter's um, honor society, nursing honor society inauguration at Vanguard University the day after. God is amazing. He is such an amazing God. And I looked at this, and I said, that scripture, you know, Psalm 118:17, I will not die but live, and I will proclaim what the Lord has done. And thank you for letting me proclaim this morning and start out by giving God the glory for his awesome healing power. And that's my prayer for all of us this year, that we would remember to share our story 
and that we would remember to share our testimony of what God has done in our lives and to proclaim his salvation to a world that needs to hear it. Amen. God is good. (laughs) Thank you so much. It's awesome. Amen. Amen. So good. I'm so grateful that you would share, and I hope that that builds your faith. That's what a testimony does, doesn't it? And, um, and so this morning, oh, I got to say this, too. I love how you got in your daughter's um, props to your daughter, right? That's a true mom right there. So I know I've said this before, but I visited you in the hospital when you were born. Just wanted you to know that. Yeah? Yeah? So uh, I think it was my first hospital visit, right? Yep. First hospital visit was you. Yeah, right on. Okay. Um, yes. So, man, this, this morning I want to share this with you. It's just one, one word. And um, I've learned to, as best as I can, when you hear like a word or, or something like an idea that you know is not your own and you're submitted to the Holy Spirit, it's not just like random chance and accident that you keep you know, seeing something or whatever else, but as you're submitted to the Lord, as you're listening for his voice, you learn to pay attention to things that like pop into your mind. You, you follow me on that? And the reason like I, I try to over-explain that each time is because I, I, I grew up remembering, remembering hearing people say, God said this and God said that. And I was always like, man, I don't feel like God says that to me. I wonder what his voice is like. And so I think in some ways we have to really understand what his voice is like. His voice is loud and clear in scripture. Aren't you grateful? Like sometimes you read it and it just like pops off the page and you see it illuminate to you. And other times he does speak in that still small voice and he leads through situation and circumstance. I think you know these things. But as I was thinking in specific of this new year to come, um, this word consistency came into my mind, right? Everybody say consistency. So you're like, okay, it's, it's a new year, of course. This is going to be a message about like consistency, new habits you form. How many of you have New Year's resolutions? Nobody? Good. No, I'm just kidding. No, I mean, it's a great time for that, right? The gym is going to be just like loaded with people. Wait, if you're a regular gym person, wait a couple weeks and you'll get your spot back and everything. But, you know, there's, there's that idea of, of a new season and new start. And I'm not taking away from that at all. I think we should have those marked moments where we evaluate and allow God to speak to us and start some new healthy behaviors for sure. But when I think of this word consistency, and as I really began to, to pray about it and settle in on it, I... I, I there's different definitions, right? Consistency, like doing the same thing. But, but the, the consistency that I want you to think about is when you're, um, I don't know, like making dough, right? Or when you're doing something, what that texture, that, that when you're mixing mud for drywall or whatever that is, that, that texture that you get, what do you call that? A consistency. It's the same through and through. You following me? That when something is consistent, it's the same through and through. And as I thought about that in that word, I I felt like uh, for us as a congregation and really a word for my heart and hopefully for yours as you enter into this year is that you'll understand the, the character definition of consistency. And that is that we as God's people are called to be the same through and through. And I'll get to that. You might go, well, aren't we supposed to change? Well, if you are a consistent person, the work of the Holy Spirit is much easier in your life, right? And I'll, I'll get to that in just a moment. But the reality of it is this, that God is so consistent. He is the same. 
And Joe, you said it when you were leading us in the song there. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. In fact, I know we've already left our Hebrew series, but um, just like they do at the, you know, before New Year's Eve, you do like the, you know, the reflections, you know. So let's go back to Hebrews for just a moment in Hebrews chapter 13 in verses uh, 8 and 9. It's a very familiar passage. And here's what it says. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today, and forever. Jesus is the same in the past, in the present, and in the future, right? Do not be led astray or led away by diverse and strange teachings, for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace, not by foods which you have not benefited, which have not benefited those who have devoted them. You know, and as I was thinking on that passage and I was reading, you know, that, and and James says something similar, and I'll read that in just a moment, that we're experiencing in culture and in life just rapid change. Who would agree with me on that? Like, if you were even to watch a movie from the year 2000, and then you watch a movie from, like, last week or something, just the way that dialogue goes, for example, like things that are said in a movie from 20 years ago, 10 years ago, it like feels like it's illegal what they're saying. Like, whoa, can you even say that? Are you tracking with me? There is so much rapid change that's happening. We're rapidly changing phases in our lives. You know, Rochelle and I were watching our kids go from like toddlers to now young adults and being in high school and college. And, and that's, a, that's a change. You know, you, you see these things and they happen so quickly. And when we come to a new year, we often say that. It's like, I can't believe a year just passed. You know, I got that out of the way right in the beginning. And so in the midst of, of things that are rapidly changing, and of course, we, we've said this for a number of years, and I remember hearing it my whole life, the more that the years go on, the faster things seem to go. I think it's very important as you enter into this year to, to remember that in the midst of rapid change, that God is consistent. God is your anchor, and he's absolutely consistent. In fact, this is what he says about himself. If you want to look at Malachi chapter 3 and verse 6, I'm going to give you a treat this morning. I'm going to help you memorize a scripture verse that says this. God talking about himself, for I, the Lord, do not change, right? Isn't that a good one to memorize? For I, the Lord, do not change. Can we say it out loud? For I, the Lord, do not change. I'm grateful for that. If God wasn't perfect, you would want him to change. But because he's perfect in all his ways, he does not change. Listen, God doesn't adjust to the rapid changing environment around us. He doesn't adjust to that. God is the standard, the anchor that's there in the midst of a rapid changing environment. Whether that's your work environment, whether that's your home environment, whether that's just the way that you're seeing yourself in this phase of life, whether it's your understanding of the culture that's happening around you, God does not change, even though everything around does. He doesn't adapt. God sets the tone for the life of the believer. And I love that that Malachi 3, 6 verse is so emphatic and so clear, and that it's God speaking of himself. When God is talking about himself, we need to listen. For I, the Lord, do not change. And here's what it says in James 1, 16 and 17. It says, Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. I think there's a little insight there and and something to consider when you look at that passage. The first part of it says, do not be deceived. And as I was reading that, reading over it again this morning, 
I just felt that prompting that in the, in the midst of rapid change that's happening around you in your life, there's the temptation towards deception, right? So when there's a lot happening around you, when there's rapid change, there's a bent or a temptation towards deception. And the deception can be in all different ways. One of the ways that I, I've been able to identify even in my own life and seeing it in others is when there's a lot of change in circumstances, one of the deceptions can be that, that God isn't consistent, that God somehow decided not to be faithful one day, you know? And when you get that bad news, and there's probably those moments where you just, you want to crumble, but you rely upon the firm foundation of God's word. Um, when, you're, when you're experiencing things or seeing things around you that are disappointing, one of the disappointing things for certain that we see in our world today, especially like when a loved one or a family member decides to walk away from the Lord or begin to walk in compromise, and like you, you see it happening, and you're just wanting so desperately to lasso them and pull them out of that moment. Sometimes when others make decisions that impact your life in a negative way, there's a temptation towards some deception there. The deception that could come in to go, maybe it's okay if I'm a little bitter towards that person. Maybe it's okay if I'm unforgiving towards the action that they've done in my life. You see what I'm saying? When things are happening quick, you have the opportunity to be deceived. But the, the clear word from the Lord for us is don't be deceived. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there's no variation or shadow due to change. He's not going to pull a fast one on you. That's not the character and nature of God. His heart is not to lead you to the water and then drown you in it, lead you to the water and not let you drink. His heart as a father is to lead you to places where you'll be nourished. He is a good shepherd who cares and loves his sheep. And so I think if there's a, a focus for you in this year is to really revisit the simple truth of being able to bank on the faithfulness of God. God is faithful. He is faithful. Sorry, my notes. I have this like habit where I flip this way to change it, but today my thing didn't want to go. It's like the but God is still faithful. Now I have to scroll up, not over. That wasn't like a dramatic pause that I did right there. It was <laughs> You know, there's a worship song from Maverick City, and I have the, um, the, the lyrics. And this one, like, some of their melodies are so catchy, right? And, and they just stick in your head. And there's this song, Firm Foundation. This is just one excerpt from that song. It says, Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand. When everything around me is shaken, I'll never be more glad. I put my faith in Jesus because he's never let me down. He's faithful through all generations. Those of you who know this song are like hearing the really good melody in your mind right now. I'm not even gonna attempt to sing it. Um, so why would he fail now? And I love that because it's just this song just like builds some tension. Why would he fail now? And then it, he won't, he won't fail. He won't fail me. And I, and, and I, I hope and pray that that is a, a melody that centers or that, that is stuck in your head not necessarily the Maverick City song, but the reality that God won't fail you. That Christ is your firm foundation. He is the anchor. And so as a result of, of the consistency, the fact that God is the same through and through, the reality of it is, is so you can be also. And this is where it might get a little tricky because you're, you're saying, well, aren't I supposed to change? Like, yeah, I'm not talking about stubbornness. 
I'm talking about authenticity. God is the author of authenticity. He models it. It's who he is within his character and nature. And you are created in the image of God. And if you're listening to anything, this is the good news portion of the message today. It's all good news, but this is really good news for you and for me. The good news is that we can be free of things like trying to live a double life. That is so exhausting. It's so exhausting to be one person in one place and another in another place because sometimes you forget which one you are. James says it really clearly, and we're, we're about to enter into our study in the book of James. That's our next series. We're going to start that in, in two weeks. Um, next week, you're going to hear from Pastor Andy because I have the opportunity to watch my son in a surf competition. I'm going, man. It's going to be awesome. But the, um, the message in the book of James is going to be, it's going to be an awesome series because James is so practical. And one of the things that James says is that a double-minded man is unstable in all he does. And, and so the, the freedom is this, that you, you don't have to be double-minded, that you can be consistent. You can be the same through and through with the help of the Holy Spirit. I want to get to more of that in a moment, but I, I think this. Sometimes we focus so much on wanting to know God, and I don't think you should stop that focus whatsoever. Wanting to know his ways, wanting to know his will. How many of you would just be like, man, God, it would be so awesome if you just told me what you wanted me to do. And we focus so much on that that we sometimes miss this really sweet part about our relationship with God. And this is it. Not only do you get to know him, but he wants to know you. He wants to know you. And it's a two-way relationship. And where we see that modeled, I think, and where we see a good example of it is in a very familiar psalm, Psalm 139. Listen to what it says. You, you could probably quote it. Oh, Lord, you, you, you've searched me and you know me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my own path and my lying down. You're acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, you, O oh Lord, know it all together. I love this a picture. You hem me in. You're behind me and before me. You lay your hand upon me. Notice it's, it's, it's very personal, right? It's, it's, it's David's psalm. It's not you lay your hand on this whole group of us. This is one of those times where it's very individual. It's the searching and knowing of an individual. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. Um, sorry, it's that note thing again. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. Um, it's so high that I cannot attain it. Listen, I know you've heard this, and I, it's not a self-help mantra. mantra. It's, a, it's a reality that you're known by God, you're loved by God, and you're accepted by God. And as you come into a new year, um, don't let that be some like, yeah, 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 I know. Like, take that in for a moment. Not only do you get to know God, but you are known by God, you're loved by God, and you're accepted by God. And those realities become the, the very fertile ground for the, the kind of change that you want in your character and in, in your life. Uh, the, the, the goodness of being shaped and molded into the likeness of Christ, as it says in Romans chapter 8. Are you tracking with me? So back to the freedom, right? The freedom of, from striving and causing the instability that comes in trying to live a double life. Um, the second good news for those that really can understand the consistency, the same through and throughness of God, is that you, you can be free 
of trying to be someone that you think others want you to be and the exhaustion that goes with it. There is no exhaustion like mental exhaustion. I would much rather dig a 12 foot by 12 foot cubed hole in the ground and be tired after that than I would to be mentally exhausted. Are you with me? There is such a mental exhaustion that comes over the life of a a person when they're trying to be what they think somebody else wants them to be or what they think that they're supposed to be. But when you're consistent, when you have your eyes on the one who's the same through and through, you get to be the same through and through. And he patiently walks with you and he, he brings opportunities for growth into your life, sometimes through means that you don't expect a phone call that tells you that bad news of, of a medical condition or a, a test or a trial, as James puts it. You know, we're supposed to be excited about those things and count them all joy. Again, not the best verse to tell your friend when they're going through a difficult time, even though it's true, there's a way to do that. But if you're familiar with that passage, count it all joy when you're going through these difficult times because it's producing something in your life. But you can be free of that when you get to settle into the reality that you can be known by God. The third part that I saw in that um, consistency of being the same through and through is that you can consistently um, realize that you are a child of God, that you are, as I've already said, are created in the image of God, that you're being shaped into the likeness of Jesus. Um, man, I, I'm grateful for that journey, and I'm grateful for um, understanding, and I have to remind myself that in a world like we live in, in a society like we live in, there's not a fast track to that. It's not like, how can I get there quicker? You know, how can I be more like Jesus quicker? Because I want to get on with the rest of it. This is for the rest of our lives that we're being known by God and shaped by him. And so in this coming year, to settle into that. That word settle doesn't mean that you're settling for second best or you're somehow like settling. It just means that you are a settled person. That you're like, wow, I can, I can rest in the firm foundation of who he is. He is consistent and he's consistently working in my life. I have to embarrass my son since I already did one time. But there's an overused story that I think I tell often. Um, Daniel's in, in kindergarten and uh, he's not now. <laughs> He's a big kindergartner if he is. Um, but it, it, during, was Saturday night, was the, like, a night of, of mourning that he had to, or excuse me, Sunday night that he had to go to school on Monday. He would realize that the weekend was gone and it's back to school. And so I remember, like, leaning up on the bunk bed and just talking through it, you know. And uh, I'm not saying there were tears or anything, but sometimes there were some tears and whatnot. <laughs> And so I remember leaning up, and I remember in Daniel's best kindergarten voice, he said, because um, it was the, t- the turning of a new year, and he was going back into this, and his teacher kept using this phrase, it's a new year and a new you, right? It's a new year and a new you. And he goes, it's a new year, but what if I don't want it to be a new me? <laughs> and I thought, like, you know what? That's valid, dude. He, he, he knew who he was. He didn't want to change you don't have to be a new you, okay, in some self-helpy kind of way. Who God created you to be is who he wanted you to be. You're discovering he's knowing you. There's a lot of freedom in that. The idea of being a new me is like, like recreating yourself. It's, it's basically saying, I don't like who I am right now, so I'm going to recreate myself in the image of somebody else or something else. Do you realize how subtle that can be a deception? 
especially in the world that we live in. You know, whoever you follow on social media and you're like, wow, their life's awesome. So, you know, I don't know. I, I, I recently, uh, my daughter and I were like spending way too much time on YouTube watching these people who create small homes out of vans, right? It looks awesome. You just create a home out of a van. Van life, baby. <laughs> now, if, if I was like in a moment where I'm like, I don't, I don't like my life. I want a new year and a new me. I'm going van life 100%. Man, we're selling the house. We're going on the road. Because all those values that they say in those van life, um, you know, things, it's just like, oh, yeah, you can have the freedom of living on the road. And they don't tell you about like crawling under your van and trying to fix the water thing or whatever else. And don't get me wrong, I think it's super cool like, that they make these things. But the point is this. I don't want to recreate myself in somebody else's image. I want to know who I am in Christ. Know the consistency of who he's called me to be through and through because that is the one that's loved by God. That is the one that's accepted by God. That is the one that God is shaping for a unique purpose. You don't have to be somebody else. There's a lot of freedom in that. Be consistent. Be the same through and through. It doesn't have to be a new year and a new you. The you that God created is pretty awesome. And this is the last bit. Isaiah 64. Uh, I was thinking about this in terms of consistency. I'm not a potter, but I would imagine that working with consistent clay is much easier than working with lumpy clay. There's probably some potters in the house right now, right? But I would just imagine that anything that's consistent... Like if you're working with a bunch of clay and has a dry piece in it and it's lumpy or whatever else, it's, it's got to be difficult. And the Bible speaks to this. It says in Isaiah 64, 8, it says, but, but now, O Lord, you are Father. We are the clay and you are our potter. We are the work of your hand. And I've just jotted this down in my notes, maybe you would in yours, that my job is to be the consistent clay. Okay, my job is to be the consistent clay. I'm in partnership with God. My job is to know who I am through the reality of God's word and to, to not try to be somebody that I'm not, to try to, to not live this double life, but to be that consistent person who focuses on Jesus, who sings songs like, your name is like honey on my lips and means it, right? That I love him. What a great job that we get to love a perfect, solid, firm foundation in, in Jesus. His job is molding, shaping, and correcting. I'm not a potter, again, as I said, but I've got to just imagine it's much easier to shape consistent clay. And this is, this is uh, almost humorous if it wasn't so true of human nature. Isaiah 45, 9 and 10 says, Woe to him who strives with him who formed him, a pot among earthen pots. And then it, it says this, does the clay say to him who forms it, what are you making? This was my favorite one. I don't know that I'd, I'd read it, like, really understood it like this before, but, or your work has no handles. Woe to him who says to the father, what are you begetting? And, or the woman with, what are you in labor? Now, let's just look at that for a moment. I, I, I see that like in this process of God shaping and making things in our lives that there's a way to communicate with God. I think the best example is, um, you know, when, when Mary uh, got the news that she was going to be with child, she's like, how is this going to happen? And, you know, she ends up with this huge blessing in her life and this song that goes with it, right? Her uncle has the same question. He says, how is this going to happen? And he ends up silent. You remember the story. 
There's two different ways to approach God when, when, when he's working in our lives and doing things that we don't understand. For some way, we have to interpret that Mary approached these questions with wonder and with awe, like, I can't wait to see what you're going to do. Her uncle perhaps looked at it with, like, how's this going to happen, right? With, like, a cynical, almost a questioning of God. And when I read this, does the clay say to him who forms it, what are you, what are you making? I almost hear that tone of like, what are you making, right? Not like, what are you making? And then the second part, so it's questioning what God is doing in our life in maybe an unbelieving or cynical kind of way. But then the other part is the unsolicited feedback that we're giving to God. That that we're we're offering him feedback like, hey, uh, by the way, what you're creating, it doesn't even have a handle. You know, this is us. What are you making? Or your work doesn't, it has no handles. This one was awesome. Can you imagine, uh, you know, the, those of you who have been in the labor room with your wife when she's having her baby, and are your, the, your baby, <laughs> and, and in, in that moment saying, hey, what are you doing? Like, what, what, like, is that the moment to be like, hey, what, what are you having? Like, is this, what, what are you in labor with? This is the picture that Isaiah is, 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 print, is, is giving us. And I think the application is... Um, are we questioning God in a controlling or critical sort of way? And maybe there's just a, a, a conviction that we would have there. And perhaps, maybe we have that because we've had some bad experiences and we don't feel like God is consistent as his word says. Maybe we've fallen into a little bit of that deception in the midst of rapid change. So are we questioning God in a controlling or critical kind of way? Are we offering God feedback on the work that he's doing in, in our lives Hey, God, you could, you know, probably do this a little more efficiently. Or I'd like for you to do this for me. Or I could use this amount of money. Or I'd like that kind of car or whatever else. Or are we settling into his goodness, the blessing of God, and that he is the same through and through, and that he has your best in mind. And not only does he have your best in mind, but he knows you so well. He loves you, and he accepts you. He's consistent, so you can be consistent. Tracking? That's it for me. Got it all done. I'm going to ask um, Ben and the worship team to come back up. And I want to do something special this morning as we wrap up our time. And we did say we wanted to do an hour service for you. Um, we have our kids here and we have our families here. And, and I, just as I was sitting here, I was thinking, man, that statement about just the rapidness of change, you know, the change that's going on in your family's lives, the change that's happening in, in the world around you. Uh, I just thought it would be a great time for us just to pray blessing over families today and to do it in a special way because we have like layers of generations here. It's like my favorite thing about our church, right, is that there are layers of generations, and this is a huge family. And so as they sing this song, um, I I don't know what song you're going to sing, but the one that Joe sang, that um, there's nothing better than you, that one. Um, I, I think that... What would be awesome and what I would envision is, is if you want with your family just to come up, you know, and, and to, if you want to come together as a family or, or just have your kids come up, whatever. But we want to lay hands on you and just, like, pray blessing over you. And, and as the families come forth, like those with their kids, and, and if you feel led to do it, I just invite you to come on behind them. And as we're singing this song of God's faithfulness, just pray God's blessing over families. Does that make sense? Yeah? Well, why don't we stand together?
Lord, you are so consistent. You're good and you're merciful and you're kind. And Lord, there's, there's never a day where you decide not to be faithful. Faithful is who you are, that you say of yourself that you do not change. And this world so much changes. And we don't know what's to come in the year ahead. But we know that the one who is faithful, that we don't have to strive to be something that we aren't, that you created us in your image. We have to settle into who you are and what you're doing in our life. Our response to you is worship. Our response is surrendering our our will and our way to you. Our response is to, to rejoice in the fact that we're created in your image and you are consistent. To not fall prey to deception, to try to recreate ourselves into somebody else's image. To be free, Lord, of the temptation to be multiple people, one for one and another for the other. To come back to the place of stability that comes in rooting ourselves in you, the author and perfecter of our faith, our firm foundation, the one who will never change. Thank you for that, God. We honor you and we worship you. As we're singing this song, if you want to come with your family, we'd love to just have you come to the front. We just want to pray blessing over you as we wrap up our time.
nothing better than you. church over every individual. God, that this year to come would be a year of knowing your faithfulness like never before. We declare together that you are consistent. God, you are the same through and through, and we want the same in our lives. Bless each one now, I pray, in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Amen. God bless you. Happy New Year, pal.